Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on Article 5 of the Augsburg Confession on Ministry. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe. I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. All right. We're talking theology, talking Augsburg Confession. Means of grace. Means of grace. Good stuff. And the Holy Art- Spirit. Article yep. 5, yeah. Yep. Everybody yeah. dust off all of your copies of the Book of Concord. Yeah. To- <laughs> well, and, and we get to talk about today what, in my opinion, Lutherans are the worst at talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a glaring weakness in how we publicly put forward our theology. It's in how we talk about the Holy Spirit. And we can hmm. talk about that a little bit today. I'm excited about that. All right. And I think that there's this sense that... As we kind of kind of dig into this, mm-hmm. and um, you can call it like a forensic examination, it's really kind of not, but it's it's more than than just saying, oh, it's just the gospel. There's this attitude where people would say, well, why do you got to make it so hard? Why why do we got to get into the details of this? And I would encourage you just got to believe. I, I would encourage <laughs> the the, belis- the listener to this: is that God went to such great lengths in order to save us through mm-hmm. Christ's life, death, and resurrection. I believe that a wonderful response as an act of worship is to learn as much about God and how he saved us as mm-hmm. humanly possible. Yeah. Not that the knowledge becomes a point of pride, but the knowledge comes at really an earnest desire to get to know this great God who mm-hmm. saved us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. In the way I've heard it described before, and Brian, you talk about this more than uh, any of us do. I'm surprised you didn't go there first, but <laughs> it's the marriage relationship. It is. Yeah. The uh, bridegroom. If, if we talked about yeah. our spouse as if we only had the information off of their eHarmony profile, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, what would that say about our marriage 20 years later? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, even though I know my wife well, mm-hmm. I'm regularly learning new things yeah. about mm-hmm. her. And you'll never know everything there is to know about your wife, mm-hmm. you know, and, and vice versa. Oh yeah, yeah. There's always more mm-hmm. to learn. And I believe that it's in our best interest to get to know our bridegroom as mm-hmm. much as we can as the body of Christ, as the yeah. bride of Christ. Yep. Good. I, I'm going to disagree with that slightly. I think my bride probably knows everything there is to know about me because I'm not that complex. I'm <laughs> pretty consistent <laughs> in my simpletonness. Simpleton. I know that's not true in, in, in some mm-hmm. parts, so I'll just politely disagree. <laughs> <with> that, <so. laughs> All right. Oh, Article good. five. Yeah. So what we're going to do here, I'm, I'm going to reread the public domain version, bookofconcord.org, Article five of of the ministry um, from the Augsburg Confession. And then Brian is going I'm going to, to read from the Concordia mm-hmm. Publishing House, the Tappert edition. We want to give mm-hmm. um, credence to that publishing house and that we're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're operating in the fair use clause mm-hmm. uh, yeah, of the United who, States. <laughs> for, for whoever's listening, we are desperately trying yeah. not to break the law right yeah. now. <laughs> we're, we're not. And, and we, you know what? I, I, copywriting is a big deal yeah. to me because yes. that's where artists... Um, mm-hmm. Get compensated for, you know, and I think I believe in that. Yeah. I, I really, really do. And in no way are we attempting or trying to, because we don't make money off this. Mm-hmm. We're not monetizing anything, but we want to give mm-hmm. like a proper a quotation, yeah. air quotes, you right. know, verbal quote right. uh, to where we're reading it from. But the reason we're doing this is because I believe it's worth it because mm-hmm. the translation and the tapper. It's different is, enough where there's yes. good nuance to pull And there's out. wonderful clarity mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why don't you go ahead and yeah. read 
uh, the public domain version, and yep. I will read from the Concordia Publishing House <laughs> the Tappert rendition, or our version of Article 5. All right. Article 5 of the ministry, that we may obtain this faith, the ministry of teaching the gospel and administering the sacraments was instituted. For through the word and sacraments, as through instruments, the Holy Ghost is given, who works faith, where and when it pleases God, in them that hear the gospel, to wit, that God, not for our own merits, but for Christ's sake, justifies those who believe that they are received into grace for Christ's sake. They condemn the Anabaptists and others who think that the Holy Ghost comes to men without the external word through their own preparations and works. And Brian, go ahead. Here you go, Article 5 again from the Concordia Publishing House Tappert rendition, and uh, page 31. <laughs> uh, to obtain such faith, God instituted the office of the ministry that is provided the gospel and the sacraments. Through these, as through means, he gives the Holy Spirit who works faith when and where he pleases in those who hear the gospel. And the gospel hmm. teaches that we have a gracious God, not by our own merits, but by the merits of Christ when we believe this. Condemned are the Anabaptists and others who teach that the Holy Spirit comes to us through our own preparations, thoughts, and works without the external word of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. I, you know, the one part that really jumped out at me at just rereading this again, it, the when and where it pleases God and those that hear the gospel. I, yeah. I, I love the picture of that, of mm -hmm. thinking of our roles as pastors. Yep. We're, we're thinking about delivering the word and delivering the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, we wish that every single person that hears the gospel comes to faith Amen. and uh, is but it's when and where the spirit is. Well, it's 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 the it's the thing. And I, from my past as a professor at a Bible college, uh, the uh, sorry, we just had a, a power flash. <laughs> well, what's cool about it is the entire the entire recording system is on its own generator. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. Cool. It's got its own transformer, <laughs> awesome. and there's it'll can never ever Optimus the voltage Prime. you can see yeah. will ever ever change. All right, mm -hmm. I I, uh, I was just assuming the way 2020 has gone so far that Godzilla is currently destroying downtown <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> just preparing for that. Oh, uh, I want to make a snarky uh, joke. But I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Wearing a certain T-shirt. Uh, I'm just I'm not going to say it though. So. All right. So um, where was I going with that? I just my yeah, train of right, thought the, is completely derailed. Oh, I was talking about the when and where the spirit. Oh yeah, okay. Please, yep. So thank you the for sovereignty of God. Basically, so my experience as a professor is I had a student who was not coming from uh, anything more than like a cursory Christian experience, mm -hmm. and uh, worked on them, worked on them, worked on them, worked on them. Just constant debate in the classroom, constant debate in the classroom, and then the student they go to another prof and in 30 minutes, they got it. <laughs> and, and it's probably more to say about my abilities and the other prof's abilities. Yeah. Like, what happens as a dad? Too? Yes. I know. Yeah. You know, I, I consider myself a pretty articulate teacher, Yeah, you know, and I know I have a lot to learn and I want to learn and right. all of that, but my kids will come home and say, yeah, I just heard this. I'm like, I've been telling you yeah. Yeah. five right. years, yes. but sometimes it just, just it, it hits yep. when yep. and where. Yep. And, yep. and mm -hmm. what I've tried to do, even though it, it is difficult, I want to just be thankful that it happened. Mm -hmm. Well, and in, in, in the principle that Paul lays out in 
uh, First Corinthians, it's first or second Corinthians, but mm-hmm. you know, the Corinthian church suffered from this hero worship. I follow Paul, yeah, I follow that, Paulus. That's first Corinthians. You got the, the super yep. pious person, I follow Jesus, mm-hmm. you know. But Paul is able to confess, you know, Paul watered, uh, or uh, mm-hmm. Paul planted, Apollos yeah. watered, but God gave the growth. Exactly. This yes. is what this, yes, yes, this yes. is confessing. That's a, that's a great, great scripture to connect and, to this. And yeah. it's, it's the miracle, it's ministry in the Lutheran <laughs> church. Maybe that would be a good New Testament. Bible study for yeah, this particular. We'll do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ministry in the church isn't about who the pastor is mm-hmm. or how qualified the pastor is, but it's about the tools that it, it are placed at the disposal of the pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The seed so, that they're planting. Yeah. And so, like you've talked about, Brian, where we have, we do not have the excuse as pastors to play it fast and loose with our sermons. We have mm-hmm. to put in the work. We have to mm-hmm. put in the research. We, we need to craft a sermon. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that if we stumble in the delivery or we just didn't have it that week or, you know, we, we had four funerals and, you know, mm-hmm. four weddings and a funeral or whatever, <laughs> uh, uh, that, Is you there know, a movie in this yeah, right. <laughs> I'm all about the pop culture references. Yeah. Godzilla. Right. And all the, of the different ones, they yeah. call them eggs. Um, yeah. Um, Easter eggs. Easter eggs, Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we all have had the experience where we delivered a sermon and it fell completely oh, yes. flat. Yep. And more than that. No. And then people <laughs> come up to you and say, oh, the Holy Spirit really <laughs> spoke to me today. I'm just going, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and like, even when we get feedback from a sermon we like, there, there are times when I've preached through a section and I thought, man, I nailed that part of the sermon. Mm-hmm. It came out exactly like I intended it to. And then the only feedback I get afterwards is, Pastor, when you said this, Really got me thinking. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even remember saying that in the sermon. It certainly wasn't a focus. <laughs> I know. Have you yeah. guys ever had oh, yeah. that where someone comes up to me and say, oh, I love it when you said this. And I'm like, did I actually say yeah, that? I know. Yeah, you know? right. Yep. <laughs> but this is the whole point of the ministry is mm-hmm. that God has placed the the tools at our disposal. Yeah. When we utilize those tools, the, the work is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so really the, the question this this article is taking up is where does faith come from? Mm-hmm. And just, you cannot understate how massive of a topic of importance this is in the it church is, today. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because you have so much of the American church has come to be that faith is our contribution to mm-hmm. salvation, our response. You're one percent yeah. out of the ninety-nine. Yeah, God exactly. does ninety-nine. Oh, mm-hmm. and I just I'm going to say this. I'm trying to. I'm going to be gracious, but I believe this is true. That this is because that a lot of clergy and pastors are lazy Hmm. and they really don't want to do the work in studying the text and to know what our Bible, our scriptures teach in reference to where Mm -hmm. faith comes from, what is the source of faith. Hmm. And and I I just, I'm I'm just heartened by that. And it, it breaks my heart. And so again... This isn't about like over-examining a thing that isn't worthy of being examined. It is overly examining something that is absolutely worthy mm-hmm. of being examined so that we can understand as best we can. Mm-hmm. Again, the bridegroom. Yep. Let's get to know our bridegroom and mm-hmm. what he did. Yeah. And of something that's not really even capable of being over-examined. So we want to we want to return to what we kind of established as the foundation last mm-hmm. week. Uh, there's a difference between how salvation is accomplished mm-hmm. and how salvation is delivered. Yeah. Okay. So salvation is accomplished. We talked about the historical reality of Jesus Christ that he was the incarnation, birth, life, miracles, teaching, ministry, trial, death, resurrection, ascension. 
That is how our salvation was accomplished. Christ's active obedience and Christ's passive obedience that perfectly satisfies God's law, that perfectly takes the wrath of God against our sin, and that perfectly delivers us and washes us clean before God, spotless and pure and blameless. Preach it, brother. Yeah. That's that's the gospel. Okay. Amen. That's the gospel. But but here's the thing, and and I heard a sermon on this, and it, it had been the first time I ever considered it that way, that it... In, in Christ accomplishing that salvation, and, and we don't want it to be crass, but the reality of this you have to hear, it would have been possible for you 2,000 years ago to be at Golgotha as Christ is being crucified and literally be splattered with his blood and walk away not saved. Oh, Mm-hmm. Because salvation is accomplished in a different way than salvation is delivered. And it's an aspect of it being accomplished and provided, making it mm-hmm. available, and then actually mm-hmm. having that wonderful, mysterious transformation in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the the quote that the, the public domain version yeah, of the Book right. of Concord says, so that we may obtain this faith, mm-hmm. the ministry of the teaching of the gospel and administering the sacraments was instituted. And, and so mm-hmm. the relationship between faith and the gospel mm-hmm. is that we can't believe in something we've never heard about. That's Romans 10, yeah. right? right? That's the whole progression of Romans 10. Yep. So first the gospel must be proclaimed. Yep. And then where we've talked back and forth, Brian, before, is that also the gospel must be applied. Mm-hmm. And and that happens both in preaching, but it happens in the tangible nature of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. And so that our faith has something to cling to. So the gospel is preached. Yep. You have the you have the, the water of baptism. You have the bread and wine of communion. You have the word of absolution, which goes back to the word of the gospel. And all of that gives anchor for our faith. But but the Lutheran confession and, and, and I would say the Christian confession in all of this, according to scripture, mm-hmm. is that the gospel must be preached so that faith can be created. Mm-hmm. That's where faith comes from, is that God, just like everything else in the world, literally speaks our faith into existence. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from uh, you know, a process that we started or that we right. initiated or that we helped along. Right. God speaks our faith into existence by the words of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and even though it's we are, we are believing, it's it's something that's spirit wrought, one hundred percent. Well, and, and that's where we we would make the distinction between saving faith mm-hmm. and an informed faith. You know, the Bible talks about faithfulness, and we can certainly increase in trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the maturing of our faith. But when it comes to saving faith, mm-hmm. that is all the work of God. That's that phrase we keep coming back to: divine monergism. Yes. Yep. Yep. And so the the last thing we need to kind of unpack in all this is the role of the Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, I was going to say we need to talk about the Spirit. Well, it's in and I, you know, the shy person of the Trinity. The, the shy well, it's, <laughs> and and bad expressions of Lutheran doctrine almost write the Spirit out of the process of salvation entirely, mm-hmm. and that's a shame. Mm-hmm. And and so what what's the role of the Spirit in our lives of faith? Uh, you have the historical giving of the spirit that mm-hmm. you know Christ turned loose the spirit before his ascension you have the arrival of the spirit with the church on pentecost so again there's that historical objective reality to it but the spirit uses the same tools we as pastors and all Christians have in ministry but in an effective way 
And so in our preaching of the word, we're doing what we're told. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing what our congregation is called to do. But when we speak the, the words of scripture, the spirit is active. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, hmm. I think there's a distinction in there that Christians get wrong and, and, uh, to illustrate it, I'm going to kind of throw our own denomination under the bus, and uh, there'll be a couple weeks, and then people can give me flack for this. But <laughs> we are what three weeks away from our annual conference, yeah. which is right around the time this episode is going to be airing. We will be uh, socially distant meeting mm-hmm. together to decide the business of the denomination. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen at some point in time during one of the sessions is there's going to be an emotional, important heated topic discussion from the floor we're going to have a vote and something's going to be more or less decided mm-hmm. you know, only the way the aflcb and, the, and and that's inside baseball for aflc people who listen to this because all of the resolutions at our annual conference are non-binding so nothing's ever really decided but anyway at one of our umpteen coffee breaks throughout the day we're going to be in line six feet apart and someone's going to say to somebody man, you could really feel the spirit moving. And it's going to be because something weighty and emotional happened. The goosebumps. The goosebumps. The reality is you want to know where the Holy Spirit is working. It's when the word of God is being preached. Always the Holy Spirit is working. And and I can give you example after example. Jonathan Edwards, one of the most famous preachers in, in, in English Christian history, mm-hmm. uh, writer of one of the more famous sermons ever written in English, Sinners in the Hands of Amazing God. Story is he used to preach in a monotone voice, gripping both sides of the pulpit with his eyes closed because he was so terrified of public speaking. And the Spirit worked through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we're told is you know the Spirit is working because the preacher is a good communicator. Or the the preacher was good at tying the message to our emotional heartstrings. Yeah. But we know the Spirit is working when the Word of God is being preached, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the, the work of the Spirit in our lives of faith. We go to John 16, uh, which is one of the more helpful yeah. areas to concerning explain. Concerning sin, yep. concerning judgment. The, yep. the, the work of the Holy Spirit can be summed up in one word, and it's conviction. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit works to convict us of sin, works to convict us of righteousness, and works to convict us yep. of judgment. Yep. And the judgment is both the positive judgment mm-hmm. of salvation and the negative judgment of damnation and judgment yep. of our enemies of sin, death, and the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, I mean, the, the Spirit working through the Word in preaching, the Spirit works through the Word in baptism, the Spirit works through the Word in Holy Communion, and in all three ways, that salvation that was won for us mm-hmm. historically on the cross is delivered and creates and sustains our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, uh, where, where, do I, where do we want to go from there? I... You know, the, the part that we have to end with as we close this episode, we're getting time to close, is how that differentiates our, us from other Christians coming out of the Reformation sure. tradition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, sing, the word about the Anabaptists and, 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 others. This, and others. And so the Anabaptists who really today, the Anabaptists are the Mennonites and the Amish. Mm-hmm. That's the, their theological home. But in this theological topic, it's anyone who would confess that the Holy Spirit works on us immediately apart from the means of grace. Mm-hmm. And, and what we mean by that is not to say that the Holy Spirit can't lead us and guide us mm-hmm. and, and move us, but that 
salvation is delivered internally instead of externally. Mm -hmm. And so what it ends up happening is that uh, the Holy Spirit works on us uh, as we have demonstrated a certain level of piety Mm -hmm. or the Holy Spirit works on us apart from the preaching of the word or the Holy Spirit works on us, uh, you know, the, the word that's covered in the small called articles that we can cover here a little bit is this idea of enthusiasm, Mm -hmm. that God speaks to us directly in our minds apart from the external word. And the, the amazing thing about all of this is that God speaks to us directly in our minds. We can get God to say anything we want him to say. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the words of God are never held to a standard Mm -hmm. at that point in time. So, uh, you know, it's not that God can't speak to us directly or hasn't spoken to us directly, but that he normally speaks to us through his recorded word. Right. Yeah. that's why we get nervous when people start talking about the Lord said to me or, or talking about a dream they had or, or something extra biblical. Yep. Um, and sometimes even those types of things, they're a biblical expression of, of faith, but the way they're presented are the Lord told me and yep. I'm telling almost like we need to add another chapter to the Bible. You know, yeah. you, you don't want to neuter it too much. There's almost a flow chart you can have with that. Though. Mm-hmm. Someone walks up to you and said, I have a word of the Lord from you, <laughs> or, or I have a word from the Lord for you. I like flow charts. Yeah. The, the first response is, is whatever they're saying contrary to anything in scripture. Yeah. If it is, it's not a word from the Lord. Yep. God cannot contradict himself. The second thing is, is whatever they're saying consistent with scripture? If the answer is yes, praise God and you receive comfort from the word in scripture, mm-hmm. not from that independently generated word of the Lord. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. And, yeah. and it's fine. And, you know, we, we, we've certainly all had moments of supernatural divine mm-hmm. intervention in our lives where, mm-hmm. where that's happened. The problem is that that falls in the same category of experience is we can have experiences that will easily negate that, which is why we want to focus on the external, the objective, extra nose, yeah, extra nose, (laughs) uh, historical reality, uh, and in places we can go. And that's the value of the sacraments. Mm -hmm. That's what we talked about during the entire, uh, section on the sacraments in the catechism is if you've ever woken up and felt like, well, I don't feel like a child of God today, you have the promise of the gospel that God made you his child Mm -hmm. in baptism. And if you've ever prayed a prayer and doubted whether or not you've been forgiven for those sins because you fear you weren't being sincere or you were doing it out of a place of fear of being caught, you have the promise of God that you received forgiveness when you received communion because that's what the word of God said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, it's that means of grace, that vehicle by which yeah. God delivers it's, these things to us. And and for those from different theological traditions, please, please, please hear us when we say, when we talk about salvation, uh, baptism saving, and we talk about communion forgiving, we're talking about how gra- God's grace is being delivered, not how it's being accomplished. Mm-hmm. It's right. so critical to recognize that distinction. Mm-hmm. Pretty big difference, yep. Well, I was just led to kind of read, it's a little bit longer portion of scripture, but I believe it's worth it and talks about all three persons of the Trinity, of mm-hmm. course, and also just reminds us of the the wonderful aspect of being children of God. Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 11. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of spirit of life has set you free 
in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit." For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God." You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his Spirit who dwells in you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue talking about Article 5 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at an Old Testament passage. God bless you and have a great week.